You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Chi-town, you know what it is. Blue and orange, blue and orange, blue and orange, blue and orange. Yeah, Windy City, you know what it is. Blue and orange, blue and orange, blue and orange, blue and orange. Yeah, when I touch down at What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Rule of Three Mock Draft Battle as we have brought on Jacob Infante, WCG's own lead draft analyst for me, Brandon Robinson, Danny Meehan, and Jacob to square off in a free-for-all mock draft competition. Here are the rules. All four of us have gone through Pro Football Network's draft simulator. You are given one trade, whether it's up or down. That's it. You can't just trade back, trade back, trade back, because we all know that on these draft sims, you can pick up, I mean, tons and tons of picks. So you're limited to one. You have to take a quarterback in the top three rounds. But outside of that, it is all fair game. And I think we've come up with some good ones, though. I haven't looked at my compatriots things yet. I'm just excited about mine. And we'll go person by person, full draft, and then we talk about it. So, for instance, I will pass the mic to Jacob. You're the lead draft analyst after all, so why don't you start things off? Oh, man. Okay, you're really putting the pressure on me here. Uh, so, I, I will kick things off. Uh, so... For starters, I am going to start because, coincidentally enough, I know this trade would not happen in real life, but when I was doing my pro football mock simulator, uh, I got offered a trade that I couldn't pass up from the Green Bay Packers. What? <laughs> exactly. And they offered me, if I give them 20 and 83 they would give me 29, 62, and 92. What? Oh, my word. That is a great package. So even though I'm trading within the division with the team's biggest rival, I, I kind of had to do it. So that's what I did. That was my one trade that I made. Uh, I moved down to 29, and somehow, some way, Tevin Jenkins was still on the board. And, you know, if you guys know me, I'm a big fan of Tevin Jenkins. I had to hop on that. So Tevin Jenkins was my pick uh, at 29 overall. And I, I realized that I don't, I don't expect Tevin Jenkins to fall past, say, like 21 in real life. Because I feel like with such a big need at the offensive tackle position, especially around that 19, 20, 21 range, that's where I think Tevin Jenkins will go. But if for some reason he does fall to 29 and the Bears choose to trade back and they can still get him, I think that's a hell of a deal, honestly. And again, how realistic it is, I don't know. But I think that Tevin Jenkins, uh, from a pure power perspective, a pure nastiness perspective, uh, and just how he uses his hands. Uh, I feel like he's got the potential to be a long-term starter 
uh, at the offensive tackle position for, you know, quite some time. And that's something the Bears haven't done is invest heavily in the offensive tackle position. Uh, I want to say it's since 2011 that they haven't drafted an offensive tackle beyond the first five rounds. I want to say that's the statistic, which makes me sad considering that such a big thing that I like in the way that NFL teams build their rosters is just investing in offensive linemen consistently each and every year. And it makes me so sad that the Bears haven't really done that. I mean, sure that, you know, they've added James Daniels and Cody Whitehair and they've made like little uh, depth additions like Arlington Hambright, Lachavia Simmons, Jordan Morgan, guys like that. But they haven't really made a splash. I think this is the year they do it. Uh, and Tevin Jenkins is as good of an option as you can get in terms of realistic uh, options in the first round. So to be able to trade back and still get him, I think that's a win in my opinion. I mean, not bad. What what else you got? What's the rest of it look like? Go through the question. whole draft, and then we'll talk about the whole rest of it later. Okay, so, all right, I will go through my pick-by-pick pick here. So, as a result of me trading back, uh, I picked up two second-round picks. Well, actually, I had, yeah, my own second-round pick, and then I picked up Green Bay's second-round pick. So, what I have now is, at 52, the Bears' own pick, I took Rondale Moore, the wide receiver out of Purdue. And then uh, at 62, the pick that I got in the trade, I went with Aaron Robinson, the cornerback for UCF. And then I I had to do it just because it's the rules with that third round pick. Uh, I made you. You have to. (laughs) I I have to. (laughs) As much as I'm not a big fan of reaching – supposedly for quarterback talent. Uh, I did that and I took a shot on someone, you know, a lot of people in draft circles have been high on at 92. I took Davis Mills, the quarterback out of Stanford. So that, (sighs) that, that was my guy that I went with there. Uh, Did I feel good doing it? Not necessarily. Uh, But with the quarterbacks who were on the board, I felt, a little less queasy about it than I did with others. And especially since I moved back, I moved back and was able to upgrade, you know, other positions as well. So I felt, okay, this is a little bit more palatable. Uh, I don't necessarily have to freak out as much that they invested such a high pick in a quarterback that probably won't do anything in the NFL. But regardless, uh, that's what I went with there. Uh, and then my next pick wasn't until the fifth round, but at 164, I went with Marvin Wilson, a defensive tackle out of Florida State. Uh, and then going into the sixth round, I had those four selections. So what I did there is with the first one at 204, I went with Simi Fahoko, the wide receiver out of Stanford. Uh, And then moving down to 208, I added some linebacker depth. I went with Justin Hilliard, the linebacker out of Ohio State. And then going all the way down to 
221, I decided to go with a slot corner, also someone with lots of special teams upside that I'm sure we'll get to later. That's cornerback Avery Williams out of Boise State. And then with my last pick, I decided to go with some tight end depth. I went with Kylan Granson out of SMU. And that is my draft. Honestly, I don't know enough about the late round things, so I'll pass things over to Danny for that in a little bit. But the word that comes to mind, Jacob, is chalk. Aside from the trade down, which, I mean, hey, one can only hope if all the quarterbacks go high. But you were able to get a cornerback at a position in need, the offensive tackle that Bears fans everywhere are clamoring for in a trade back, no less. <laughs> and you were able to add the, I think, maybe the most fun wide receiver that also fits with the Bears' need, that little bit of speed, potential edge out of the slot spot, wide, two, or wide receiver two if he absolutely needs to be, something like Mooney gets hurt or Robinson misses a game. That felt like a very chalky draft given the rules. Straight down the middle, exactly what the Bears would need and what most Bears fans, if they loaded up a draft sim, would be looking for. I'm surprised you took or waited as long as you did to take a linebacker but that's almost more a hint as to what I did, given that they at the moment are just Roquan and an aging Danny Trevathan. But hey, you can't win them all. I guess they do have Christian Jones. Danny, what'd you think? I kind of liked it. I mean, it's hard to not win my heart, as Jacob Wells knows, and we'll get into more later (laughs) today. When you you take the little man from Purdue, you're, you're a man after my own heart, because that's, I don't think I've ever made a secret of, that is my dude who I just can't stop watching. Like, it's kind of like, I'll call it getting Shawshanked. Like, oh, I'll be watching film, and then I'll pop on the Twitter timeline, and someone will post a Rondell Moore clip. And I'm like, oh, guess I'm going to go watch Rondell Moore again, because I just help myself. It's, you know, some people just, there's some people you get. But overall, I mean, I, I'm kind of with you on the thought, Robert, that um, uh, the linebacker was a little bit late, but... What are you going to do? This that like linebacker is a pressing need. This team needs offensive firepower and offensive help. What I've liked a different quarterback besides Davis, damn Mills. Yeah. <laughs> but you know these are these are your rules, Robert. We're just playing with them. Look, it's um, not a Chicago Bears draft if you don't take a quarterback early. I mean, third at the latest. That's the only way I could think about it. Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are on enough of a hot seat. They have to come away with a signal caller. So as much as I agree, I didn't like it either. I'll get into it later, but Rondale Moore fell to 83 for me, and I had to turn away. Uh, but that's that's the rules. Oh. You have to take a quarterback because if you don't, you're not simulating the Bears, you know? Correct. So, I mean, the one I did want to touch on that he that I really want him and I to get into later, but uh, Simi Pahoku from, from Stanford – is really interesting as like just a late round flyer. He's like this big, long, tall receiver and just completely underutilized primarily because I think Davis Mills just kind of sucks. But and that Stanford <laughs> team overall wasn't, I, I guess, Jacob, I think you'd agree there. Stanford wasn't all that great this year. Yeah. And yeah. So. Uh, overall, I think it was a really solid draft. I think you're the way you put it, Robert. Just it's chalk. That's exactly what needed to happen. So that's what happened. Mm-hmm. And it's much it's much harder to go off script with the rule of you get one trade. You go up or down one time, and that is it. 
No oh, more, yeah. no less. It definitely makes things a little interesting. I just wanted to make sure we weren't gaming the system because you definitely can. And hey, some standardization. I don't know what you're talking about. If Davis Mills <laughs> pops off, Jacob, you probably fixed the Bears in one go. And uh, as unlikely as that is, because let's be honest, he's he's not a top round quarterback for a reason. Uh, and, you know, maybe you find something, but it's probably not in his rookie year unless, you know, he goes what everybody wanted Matt Barkley to do. Fifth round or like five star guy at one point projected first rounder dealt with injuries, et cetera, et cetera. But you got. Everybody else that you needed to get, certainly the Bears are walking into this with quite a few needs, and you got things that fix them. Brandon, are things working on your end? What would you think of the draft? I thought it was a good draft. The one thing that's bothering me, who did the Packers end up trading up for? Can you see that? Yeah, I can. So I was sitting there at 20, and the Packers offered me that deal. They ended up moving up for Greg Newsom second. Okay. Uh, and Greg Newsom, you know, he's a guy that I really like. And even though I'm leaning offensive line at 20, I wouldn't be mad at all if he was the pick for the Bears at 20. Uh, so all told, I mean, the Bears didn't necessarily lose out on too much in terms of offensive value. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker was still on the board at and he went at 22. Rashad Bateman went at 23 uh, to the Titans and Jets, respectively. Uh, but yeah, that's who the Packers got at 20. And as much as that makes me sad, uh, to see Jair Alexander and Greg Newsom in the same secondary in this hypothetical, uh, I was happy with the ability to still get Tevin Jenkins, uh, at 29, which I don't think will happen in real life. Uh, then, uh, acquire those extra picks. Yeah. I think that I actually think the trade up for Greg Newsom makes a, a whole lot of sense for the Packers. Sense. If it's not with the Bears, it's. It's with somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, Green Bay is in the situation where they're very much looking to win now. Uh, and as much crap as they got for not drafting a quarterback and or not a, drafting a wide receiver at all last year, I feel like they're not going to do it in the first round this year. Uh, simply because I'm not expecting the board to line up, that there will be great value there at 29. I could very well see them trading up, whether that is for a wide receiver, if that's for a corner, to go alongside Jair Alexander. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of different ways the Packers could go with this draft. And uh, I totally agree, Brandon. I think that being able to secure a legitimate day one contributor at a position, a guy that they really like, uh, whoever that may be, I think that that could be a good course of action for them. Right, 100%. Yeah, good draft overall. And for the sake of time, we'll move on to the next person. I volunteer to go next. Great job, Jacob. I'm Thank very you. curious to hear what you think about this because so – I entered this, and I've been saying this all off season that the number one thing that would disappoint me would be taking a defender first. So when I entered my draft, I wanted to be the guy, this can't surprise anybody, who wanted to make the big sexy trade-up for a quarterback. And when uh, San Francisco went with Trey Lance at number three after Jacksonville drafted Trevor Lawrence and the Jets drafted Zach Wilson, I thought, oh my word, I get to be the guy who takes fields and Atlanta drafted him. So there you go. All four quarterbacks <laughs> off the board. And I was so, going to say, you you were the one that fell on that sword. You were the one that got the trade up. 
Yep. Darn you. (laughs) I know. I know. I I didn't get the chance, but that meant that, hey, you know what? That meant that I had to actually test myself and see what I would do in that case. So things got down to 20. Darisaw's off the board. Uh, or Rashad Slater's off the board, Sewell's off the board, of course. And with this, t- oh, and Cosby got drafted at number 19 to mm. Washington. So I'm sitting here with Tevin Jenkins, who I'm, I'm a little lower on, but I'm, I'm no draft Nick. I just look at all these different mock drafts and everybody's got him pegged anywhere from 15th, like OT three down to 40th. So my mind is thinking he's somewhere in the 28th range. And this tackle class is so deep that when Miami offered me pick number 36 and pick number 50 to come up to 20 for Rashad Bateman, I couldn't say no. So they draft Bateman. I have two second round picks. And then all of a sudden I'm sitting there at pick number 36 and the best pick on the board is Ifeitu Melifuanu, cornerback out of Syracuse. I couldn't say no. He's, he was too good value for what I had, given that Dylan Raddins was the best offensive tackle on the board, and I had a feeling I could scoop him up at 50, which I did. Go back to 50, I get Raddins, then it's 52, and I picked Josh Myers, offensive center out of Ohio State. I'm a big believer in this draft, especially after you go back and you watch Jermaine Afedi's film. I've been talking about this with Brandon offline a little bit, with Jermaine Afedi and Charles Leno, you have what feels like one tackle, like one average tackle. You don't want to play both of them. You want some youth at that position. But I don't know if you need to replace both immediately. That said, a lot of Bears fans have looked the other way about the fact that we stand to start a UDFA in Sam Mustafer at center. So in my opinion, if you can grab more solid offensive linemen, and Josh Myers is one of the better centers in this class, I say you go ahead and do it. So I've got... Melifuanu, Raddins, and Myers at 36, 50, and 52. That meant that when I went down to 83 and Davis er, and uh, and Kellen Mond got drafted at 82 to Washington, I was pretty much locked in on Davis Mills. I don't love the pick either, but hey, that's what I had to deal with because those are the rules. So at least the Bears have their corner and some solid offensive line depth. But of course, you know, I needed a wide receiver. So down in the fifth round, I took Cade Johnson, who projects solid into the slot. It's not a guy that I love, love, but for a fifth rounder, what are you going to do? Then at 204, I took Riley Cole out of South Alabama. I took Israel Mukum, er, Mukuamu. Uh, safety safety corner from South Carolina at 208. And then my personal draft crush at 221, Puka Williams out of my own Big 12 school. Or, well, it's not my Big 12 school because I, <laughs> I went to Baylor, but out of Kansas. Because I love, I, I understand all the reasons Puka is going to go fairly low in the draft. But you know what? He's a smaller guy with a lot of speed, runs routes really well, sees the field well. To me, he's a budget Tariq Cohen in terms of what you're going to do with him in an NFL offense. And for a seventh rounder, I mean, running back's a value position. But that is my draft. I also picked up a 2022 sixth round pick, but I don't think that's worth counting. What do you guys think? All right. Uh, I, I, I can start it off on – I like that draft. I do. I think that trading down and having as many day two picks as you had was that's something I personally would do if I was an NFL general manager. I'm a big fan of just stockpiling those early picks as much as possible. Uh, 
And one thing I did want to touch on that I'm admittedly a little sad that I didn't do in my mock was get a center because that was something I was interested in doing, but the board just didn't fall my way to do that. And I saw better value at other positions. Uh, but I'm, I'm a big fan of Josh Myers. I think he's a guy who can step in right away and start in the league. Uh, and I think that he's a good fit for the bears in terms of that, uh, you know, zone heavy blocking scheme. I think that from an intelligence perspective, he uh, meets that criteria. Uh, uses his hands while he's a strong dude. Uh, and I think that with Sam Mustafer, sure, he looked solid in the second half of the year. Uh, but is he a guy you can give the starting role to without competition? I don't think he is. And that makes me think they're going to do something in the center position. What it's going to be, I'm not exactly sure. But I do think that they'll have to make a move along the interior offensive line. And I think that they'll favor center versatility over a guy who can play guard. Because I really think the best course of action is letting Whitehair and Daniels both play at guard. Because I think that's where they're at their best. So that Josh Myers pick in particular, I really like. But... Uh, Melifon Wu is a guy I like. Raddins is also a guy that I'm a big fan of. Uh, I like Puka Williams that late. Uh, <laughs> not going to lie, I'm a big fan of just, you know, those later round athletic running backs with juice who can move around. Uh, Puka is definitely that. Uh, I think he's one of the most athletic runners in this class, and he's got receiving value, at least from what I was able to see on tape. So mm-hmm. overall, I think that's a good job. Uh, again, you know, we're sticking with the quarterback with Davis Mills. I think that the best course of action, if the Bears are going to draft Davis Mills or any quarterback, whether it be Kellen Mond, uh, Kyle Trask, uh, whoever, I feel like being able to trade back and sock up on draft picks and surrounding them with as much young talent as possible, I feel like that could be the best course of action for their long-term success. So in th- that situation, I'm glad that you traded down as well. Uh, we were able to get some, you know, quality talent there, especially on day two. Yeah, the number one thing that I was disappointed with was that I didn't come away with a better receiver. But at this point, I guess I'm just focusing everything on hoping that Marquise Goodwin pops off in a Bears uniform. Because like I said during your draft, I had the opportunity to take Rondell Moore in that Davis Mills spot and had to turn away from it. Talk about what a dream draft that could have been if I'd gotten um, him yeah. at 83. But Danny, Brandon, what do you guys think? Um, I mean, I don't want to say too much just because it kind of emulates exactly what Jacob was saying. Like Puka Williams, it's, you know, he's the guy that you kind of spoke to me over the phone before we started this this morning that you kind of kept just coming back to encircling him in the sixth round. Like, that's who I want. Give me him. Like, and, and that's fine. Like, he's super fun. Like, He's like, I think you even invoked, he's kind of Tariq Cohen-y like, and that's fine. Like he's a solid football player, but I don't think he's anything more than where you're getting him at. Exactly. He's no, he's a fourth rounder or something like that. Let's not, let's not go overboard. Yeah, exactly. Brandon, what do you think of Melifuanu in the Bears system? Because that was one thing where I was like, oh gosh, corners are so system specific and I know nothing about this. I just know he's Right. I would consider him a zone corner, but I actually, I thought it was a bit of a reach. 
um, just for just for where you were. Um, I don't really like that range of corners. I think I really like the top of the drafts corners, but I think at a certain point people are going to start reaching. I think like Eric Stokes, I don't think he should go as high as where he's projected. Um, so that was that was kind of a tough spot. I think you probably could have gone double tackle there. I really like Dylan Ruddens. I think that I thought that was a tremendous pick. If he lasts that long, I I think the Bears should jump on it quickly. I think they should probably like he's a guy that I wouldn't be mad if they traded up in the second round for. Honestly, that's the part of this draft that, from a philosophical perspective, I thought was most interesting. I'm curious to see what you and Danny did because I like Tevin Jenkins truly. Not not quite as much as the average Bears fan, because I'm realizing the average Bears fan just loves some Tevin Jenkins. <laughs> but I like Tevin Jenkins a lot. I have just started to question how much better is Tevin Jenkins, for instance, than a Dylan Raddins or an Eichenberg. The kind of guy where how basically what's the drop off from A minus to B plus or from A to A minus because this tackle class is so deep that that tackle you're getting in the second round could be a late first or something like that in other drafts because of course that's how draft language works but you get the idea right where it's it's so thick that you're getting a better player in the middle than you normally would, which I'd be really interested to see if the Bears believe that too. You could end up, like, I see Jalen Mayfield going as low as, like, the third round in some of these cases, and I think he's a very, very talented tackle. So we'll have to see what happens. But if the Bears didn't go tackle way up high and took him in the middle, I think I'd end up pretty impressed because you're getting a very good player. And as more and more analytics comes out, it starts to feel like you don't need A-plus linemen at every position. You just need as few Cs and lower as possible. And the Bears, obviously, with Alex Bars, depending on the game, Sam Mustaver, depending on the game, Rashad Coward, any game, Jermaine Defady in the middle of the season, we're dealing with a lot of C's, D's, and F's. So hopefully this infusion would help them out. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I, I don't I don't think the drop-off between Jenkins and Ruddins is like ridiculously I guess it's just a ridiculous amount. But my thing is I think it's a lot tougher to trade back and acquire a second round pick than people actually think, just because you have to actually have someone that's willing to part with their second round pick just to move up for somebody. And I think that's where it's a little, it's, it's a little tough. And then, I mean, when you pass on him, you just, you, you never know when Ruddins is going to go. Like he could go the pick before your next pick and then he's just gone. But overall, I like how the draft went. Sweet. Well, thank you guys so much. That means we have Jacob and my drafts presented Brandon, Danny, which of you guys wants to volunteer to go third as we continue to move through the order? I'll let Danny go. Danny? Okay, so we're sitting. All right. Um, So let me sit here and preface this by saying I did kind of allude to what I did prior to both when Jacob and and Brandon were here. Um, And there's a method to it. It's not, I want to say this is not what I would do. This is just something I could see hypothetically happening. So the draft started. Sorry, getting a little feedback. The draft started and I initially kind of had Robert's idea where 
I had it on the normal speed so I could kind of see the board play out. Literally draft picks one through four went were quarterbacks. So it's like, okay, well, I'm not trading up for Mac Jones, and I'm a big Mac Jones fan. So it got to 20. Similar trade offer, not as good as the Packers one that Jacob got, but I did get a Packers trade. They gave me 22 or 29 and 62 for 20. I tried to get an extra pick out of them. Didn't happen. So I just took the two for one. I traded down. They ended up taking uh, – Jesus, words, Dan. Uh, they ended up taking the wide receiver from Minnesota, Rashad Bateman, which makes sense. Not quite – I'm not sure quite as much as Newsom, but that's just who it ended up taking. And then I traded back, and one of the reasons was, A, I wanted the extra pick. And then at 29, I took Kellen Mond. Not – again, not what I would do. But what I ended up doing, because I could totally see, similar to what the Ravens did a couple of years ago with Lamar Jackson, keeping the quarterback and getting the fifth year of control. I think the, the reason is I see a lot um, of, well, they might just take him at 52. Well, if you're taking him at 52 and, he's, and he does pan out, you know, well, then you've got to extend him a year early. If you if you get him at the end of that first, you get the extra year of control. Again, not what I would do. I would actually kind of hate the pick, but I'm just saying that's simply something I could see happen. So I kind of ran with that idea, and I went from there. At 52, I took the same guy as Jacob. I love Rondell Moore, so he was staring there, staring at me in the face there, and I was just like, well, yes, give me Rondell Moore. 50, 10 more picks went by, and I actually saw someone in our comment section um, mention the kid from Northern Iowa. That's Spencer Brown, who you're alluding to. And I love Spencer Brown, but I just don't think he's as good as the tackle I ended up taking, which is Jalen Mayfield from Michigan. I actually think Mayfield, for as green as he is in terms of lack of experience, he's, I mean, he was growing up on the job last year a lot. Um, I think Mayfield could potentially develop into a left tackle given his movement skills, but I like him as a right tackle to start out with if he, if he ends up starting. And then at 83, I got a little bit of a surprise from Jacob's almost from Jacob's current school. Um, Nick Bolton was there just hanging out. Okay. So I, I jumped on that cause he's a twitch athletic linebacker. And I was just like, I don't really need a linebacker, but he's too good to pass up. And then you had that big 80 or so pick gap till we got to the next pick at 164. I took Benjamin St. Just from Minnesota, who's kind of a longer corner. He's got like 33-inch arms. Bit of a project, but um, someone I just couldn't foresee passing up because the only other one I was considering was the kid from Michigan State, whose name is escaping me off the top of my head. Uh, at 204, the, the first of four seventh round, sixth round picks, I took Tariq Thompson, the t- safety from San Diego State. A few picks later, I took my other my my late round sleeper crush, Tamorian Terry from Florida State, the wide receiver who's got the old pans for hands there. But if you can teach him to catch, you might have him something. And then a fun one because not 
everyone's going to really know the name, but I, I have my own little late round running back crush. I watch a lot of Iowa State because my sister was there. So I watch a lot of them in season, not, you know, leading up to the process. And the running back there is Brees Hall. Brees Hall might be the best running back in college football, but his backup is a guy by the name of Kenny and Guanu. And he tested crazy off the charts. Like, didn't get much run there because Brees Hall is awesome. But someone who might be kind of in the vein of one of you can help me out here. Who was the running back they took out of Florida Atlantic a couple of years back? Kareth White. Kareth White. So kind of in that vein, where he's a he's more of a height weight speed specimen. He's six one two ten and tested crazy. So I took him, and then two twenty eight. I didn't really know what to do. There wasn't any guard I deemed worth doing. And I kind of just started thinking about the coaching staff and who they might like and who they might know. And then taking Sam Ellinger from Texas, because I don't think he's going to play quarterback. I think it's more he's going to probably take closer to some sort of version of Taysom Hill where they just kind of try to get him in the in into play football because he's a good athlete. Now, is he going to be anything? Probably not. But, again, at that sixth, seventh point, you're just taking projects. So I took – a lot of projects in that sixth round. I took Tamori Ontario, Kenny Nguanu, and Sam Ellinger. So that's my draft. I know it's not going to be the most popular because of that first-round pick, but that's just something I could totally see happening. So that's the idea I ran with when I saw the quarterback situation play out the way it did in the first round. Just to clarify, you did take Kellen Mond in the first round? At 29, yep. Okay, I'll make sure I block you on Twitter. <laughs> I, again, I, Again, I'm not, I'm not saying that's what I would do, but it's something I could totally see happening. Honestly, no, I actually wanted to talk about Jalen Mayfield. I, I like that pick a lot. I mean, I don't think – I think this is one of the only years you'll get a really ta- – like so many talented tackles in the second round, and I think he's one of those guys. But I – you would – so you would want to switch him over the left tackle just because what my thinking is he's played right tackle. He's probably going to play right tackle – Year one, wouldn't you? So no, think my of keeping my him thinking there? was basically you don't need him to play left tackle right now. You could theoretically let him cut his teeth more because I think he's. I want to save my memory, sir. Right, he only started one year there because they mm-hmm. had John Runyon last year, and this was his first year starting. So that he had to learn trial by fire. Yeah, I would prefer him to stay at right tackle. I'm saying in theory he could have the physical and athletic gifts to move over to the left side once you're done with Charles Leno. I'm not saying you should do that. I'm saying it's a possibility of something that they could look into once he's there. I think the scariest thing about that, and a lot of this comes from conversations I've had with former linemen like uh, Lester Wilpfong, Jeff Burkus, guys that played the position. I'm not saying they played it at an NFL level, but they played it a lot more than I did with my 5'6 frame. One thing that they talk a lot about is how difficult it is to, quote-unquote, just switch from right switch, to yeah. left, uh, mm-hmm. where you go from hardwiring everything from your kick step to your primary punch hand, and you have to do it all reversed. And I'll tell you what, Danny, if you made me live my entire life left-handed, I wouldn't be very good at it. So when it comes to the NFL, I definitely – I hear you. The bright side about Mayfield is that if you if he just sits – at right tackle, and the Bears now have to replace a left tackle down the road, right. they still upgraded at right tackle. 
Like, it's still a net win. Right. And again, it's not something I'm saying they would do. This whole draft is not something I would personally do. It's something I could simply see happening. Yep. Based off of what we've heard on how they feel about Kellen Mond and the very clear feelings for the Bears he's had based off of his comments. Not to potentially steal words out of Jacob's mouth, but this, this could be the draft that has Bears fans just turning that heat up a little bit more on why didn't Pace already get fired? You have got to be kidding me. He's killing this franchise with Monday out of the first round. You (laughs) wonder what that means the Bears would do out of the first round next year. Would George McCaskey, who apparently only casually follows the team, say, well, we just drafted a first-round quarterback. Why would you draft another first-round quarterback, even if it's Kellen Mond? for the record – on my Kellen Mond evaluation, I have him as a fourth round prospect. My my eval is fourth round. So say he more likely is a third round pick based off of where he should go. But quarterbacks are always pushed up the board. The one I always go back to is Christian Dam Ponder from Florida State, where everyone's like, oh, he's like a second or third round guy. And then all of a sudden he's being taken in the top half of round one by the Minnesota Vikings. It's not just the Bears people. It's everyone because everybody's looking for that quarterback. Wait, why did you take him in the first round if you have a fourth round grade on him? You're you got to get that point. fifth year control, Brandon. fifth year option. It's the same the same reason. I'm, I'm using the Ravens as a baseline. I'm, again, right. I'm not saying this is what I would do if I were in charge. I'm saying something I could see happening to ensure that they get their guy. Hey, gotcha. Who knows? Jacob, what did you think of the whole thing? Yeah, uh, I will say that I understand the Bears potentially taking Callan Mond and trading up in the first round, uh, but I do disagree with it heavily. Uh, but I won't Same. put that. At- I dis- I disagree with my whole premise of the draft. I'm here to give a different perspective because everyone can go chalk trade back and just start and pick Davis Mills or Kyle Trask in round three. Hey, are you calling us out? I I am. I don't blame you. It uh, is really easy to be like, I'd like a second, second rounder on a, or on a mock draft sim. And I would, but it's really easy. <laughs> yeah. It's not my job on the line. Yeah. So I, I won't, I won't fault you as much for that as I would the bears. Uh, simply because I know that you're going for what you think could happen more so than what you would do. Uh, but I do like the draft after that. Uh, Tamori on Terry is a guy I'm a really big fan of, especially that late. Uh, you can get him. Uh, he's a height, weight, speed kind of guy who's, you know, like you mentioned, he has issues with drops, but he also has flashes where he can make those contested grabs, which is really yeah, weird. Yeah, you're being really not you're you're being really nice. He's allergic to the football at times. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I I but, didn't want to I didn't want to crab on the guy that much, but I, I you're right, you're right. It's uh, okay. It's okay to be a little bit mean from time to time. It's all in good fun. I mean, if he finds me on Twitter and says he wants to beat me up, he can come beat me up. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, that would make for a great story for like grandkids down the line, or just hanging out at the bar, <laughs> meeting people, or whatever. It's like, hey, remember the time I got beat up by Tamori and Terry, Tamori and Terry, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> I loved uh, your linebacker. Not to jump in too much, but Nick Bolton there. Yeah. 
I feel yeah. like, I, I really feel like inside linebacker is the secret mega need for the Bears. Yeah. So. I actually think 62, 83, and 164, Jalen Mayfield, Bolton, and Benjamin St. Juice, that was probably the best stretch I had in the draft. And, I mean, full disclosure, at 52, I should have taken um, Elijah Moore from, from Ole Miss. I should have. But Ooh, that you're giving – me, a fan who can't stop watching Rondale Moore, Rondale Moore there, and it's just, it's going to happen. He's there, he's staring me at the face, and I'm just like, yeah, cool. <laughs> I can have I can have him, or I can have a pure slot receiver. Hmm. I'm a, but full disclosure, I'm very infatuated with football players who can line up everywhere and do everything because I think it's probably the next wave of where the NFL is going. Like, he can play dimeback, he can play safety, he can play nickel. He can do all three of those things, line them up and play them. Positionless football. It really is all the rage, especially coming out yeah. of, uh, where what is it, Canada, where they do a whole lot of that, but yeah. it's making its way. I'm also way. the CEO of small ball and basketball. If I can have a 6-6 six, six center, I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Well, I was about to say Baylor got away with it in the national championship for basketball, but they did not. They got two very big centers. Mark Vidal didn't play there anymore. Anyways, uh, at this point, Danny, you were the third, and that leaves only one. So, Brandon, are you ready to present your draft? I am. Give it Indubitably. To All right. So, I guess I'll be the only one to do this. Uh, Trevor Lawrence went first, of course. Zach Wilson second. Third. I was surprised to see Justin Fields go and so forth. I was really worried to see who the Falcons would take, but they took Kyle Pitts. I immediately was trying to trade, but I did not know how. Um, so Penny <laughs> Soul went fifth. Uh, Jamar Chase went sixth. I was trying to trade up. Uh, Jalen Waddle went seventh. And then I was finally able to pause the draft to trade up. I offered... My first next year and two-thirds, I believe, I traded up and got Trey Lance, who, okay. I, who I adore. Um, there it is. Yep. Somebody finally <laughs> did it. I was, able, I was able to get up and get him. Uh, second round, I was disappointed because there was a huge run on tackles. I ended up with Brady Christensen, who I'm not wildly high on compared just compared to the other tackles in the class, but – I mean, compared he to owed. a regular draft, he I'm real old. I'm I'm definitely <laughs> fine with him. Uh, in the fourth round, I reached a little bit. I, I tried to trade up for Jamar Johnson in the third, but I wasn't able to. So in the fourth round, I took Ardarius Washington. I don't know if he's just a true safety, but I, I just think you plug him, plug and play good football players in the secondary, and it, it'll work out. Um, after that, I went Charles Snowden. Uh, I think I think they have a big need at edge rusher. I, I like Robert Quinn. I mean, he's not he's not a versa versatile um, outside linebacker, and that's what they really need. I think Charles Snowden could do that for him. Next, I took Thomas Graham, just another plug and play guy. If it works out, if he ends up playing nickel, that's great because I think that's a a big a big need for the Bears. Uh, next, I went. Maybe if you guys can help me out with this, uh, Kyrus Tonga. Is that how you pr- pronounce his first name? 
I've been pronouncing it Kieris. Kieris? I have no idea if that's right. That's that sounds my... better. That sounds better. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just some uh, depth on the interior. And then uh, I ended up getting Samarion Terry as well later on in the draft. I've, I mean, it's another speed guy, height, weight, speed. I think you can't have enough football players like that on your team. I actually, I kind of want to touch on Tonga. I actually like him. Like, I kind of liken him to uh, just, like, the build in terms of his uh, – what was his name from Texas? Pook, uh, he went to Baylor, I think. Oh, he boy. Was shorts, he, went to, he was a short, stout nose tackle who ended up getting, like, overlooked. And are you talking about uh, – are you talking about, oh, my word, Andrew Billings? For, who went I to Cincinnati? Think, yes. That's who I was thinking of. Yes, Andrew <laughs> Billings. That I, I don't know. Sorry, guys. I'm I'm like all 2021 drafts, so I'm trying to like remember dudes I've evaluated in the past. Like that same kind of like short, squatty, fire hydrant like build. And Kyrus Tonga is that guy. Like he's short, he's squatty. He's I think he's only got like 30 inch arms. Like so he's got these really little arms. Like, <laughs> but he 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 plays well. Like he he does you know do his job considerably well. And I think getting him, like, where he is in the draft, I assume you got him in, like, round six, right? So that's pretty much I, – I just really liked that pick because I thought about playing around and taking him too. So. Okay, yeah. Brandon. I will talk about what I feel like has to be talked about first because I get that we all want to talk about your late-round picks, but you just took Trey Lance. So – we got to obviously we've got to talk about it. I love the pick. I think Trey Lance, like you're talking about, is just I mean, his tools are truly incredible. A lot of people want to equate him mm-hmm. to folks like Josh Allen as if he was a bad football player in school. But, you know, he has the tools and I don't think that's fair. He was an extremely good freshman and he had one football game as a sophomore. And no, it, it didn't go very well. But if we're going to hang our hat on one game of tape, I mean, Just watch almost literally any player. Danny will tell you this. Jacob will tell you this. I will tell you this. Brandon, you would say the same thing. If you watch a single game of anybody and make all of your opinions based on that, you're going to end up way off base almost all the time, whether it was their best game, worst game, or something in the middle. But so I love the Lance pick. My biggest worry is the Bears just being a bad fit for him. Now, the offense they run actually meshes with him really well. A rookie should be able to slot in, basically elevate the Trubisky rollout, play action, Shanahan light offense almost immediately. The trouble is, is if Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace get fired due to poor performance in a very tough 2021 season, does that hinder Lance's development? How much is going to end up just a matter of can Lance survive the Bears more so than can Lance reach his potential? I don't know. But when it comes to a draft, I've always believed that if the biggest problem with your pick is that you're not sure your team is good enough for the player, pick him anyways and dare them to do it. I Obviously, you also listed probably the biggest scary thing about potentially trading up for a quarterback, and that's that if there's a run on tackles, you don't get Dylan Raddins in the second. You don't. Maybe you get Liam Eikenberg. Maybe you get Brady Christensen. Maybe you get Jalen Mayfield. You don't know. But if you get none of them, then you're you're getting, you're drafting for need in that second round pick. It's not, or I would never hate on a draft 
that trades up for a quarterback because I ultimately think that helps the Bears more than just about anything else they could do this year. And I'm impatient and want a quarterback solution under center. But your draft definitely highlights how dangerous things could get in the second round if you trade up for a quarterback because you're basically pushing all your chips in on that second round likely offensive line selection. And if there's a run on tackles, that's just too bad for you and you'll have to take the best one there. Thankfully, even Christensen, who's ranked as Jacob's 14th best offensive tackle per his board on Patreon, highly recommend it to anybody looking for a draft guide, is still a starting level player according to Jacob himself. But if you can't tell, my microphone has changed qualities and that's because Locker Room's recording cut off around the hour mark for the room, meaning we actually lost the rest of the show. We're still working to resolve issues, but thankfully the four drafts all got presented and we got some great analysis therein. So you've got all four and you, the listener, are now able to make the choice on who you think won. We'll do our best to make sure that the whole show gets recorded, but as it stands, all four drafts in all of their glory still did come out, and that's all we needed. So now it's up to you, the listener. I'm going to post things on Windy City Gridiron with all four drafts all coupled up so that you can read them and make your selection, but you get to determine the winner. And here, seven days before the draft, it's a fun little way to take a look at some different Bears options. Three trade down drafts, one trade up, nobody's staying at 20, even though obviously it takes two to tango, and there's a no telling whether or not these kinds of trade down options are going to be available to the bears when they pick at number 20 either way a lot of draft content to follow from jacob from me from the rule of three and from everybody else at windy city gridiron is now seven days away from the draft we are in the peak of hope season and it's going to be pretty tough for the bears to go into the draft and come out a worse football team so the question is just how much better are they going to get Obviously, we'll see. Hopefully, they don't reach for anything too crazy, but with needs at offensive tackle, certainly wide receiver, quarterback, obviously cornerback, maybe even a sneaky need at inside linebacker and you tight end, there's a lot of good these Bears could do, and I left out safety even in saying that, and so it'll be nice to see Ryan Pace address almost literally any of those. Thanks so much for listening. You can find me on Twitter at Robert K. Schmitz. That's R-O-B-E-R-T-K-S-C-H-M-I-T-Z. You can find Danny Meehan on Twitter at at Dan Meehan, D-A-N-M-E-E-H-A-N 90. So the number 90. You can find Brandon at B-Rob, B-R-O-B-N-F-L. That's it. Nice and simple handle. And of course, Jacob at Jacob Infante, J-A-C-O-B-I-N-F-A-N-T-E, 24 the number 24 thank you guys so much thanks again to jacob for jumping onto the show thank you locker room for hosting us even though the recording did get cut off we'll look for a better recording mechanism there soon and thank you to the listener now it's your turn please help us judge the winner we would love to know here soon and with seven days to go bears fans hang on tight because we have got plenty of draft content coming your way and it is always awesome having you listen Thanks so much, Bears fans. Bear down. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Windy City, you know what it is. When I touch down that More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. 
But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.